0: Part 1 Chapter 1 I planned my death carefully, unlike my life, which meandered along from one thing to another despite my feeble attempts to control it. My life had a tendency to spread, to get flabby, to scroll and festoon like the frame of a Baroque mirror, which came from following the line of least resistance. I wanted my death, by contrast, to be neat and simple understated, even a little severe, like a Quaker church or the basic black dress with a single strand of pearls, much praised by fashion magazines when I was fifteen. No trumpets, no megaphones, no spangles, no loose ends this time. The trick was to disappear without a trace, leaving behind me the shadow of a corpse, a shadow everyone would mistake for solid reality. At first, I thought I'd managed it. The day after I arrived in Terramoto, I was sitting outside on the balcony. I'd been intending to sunbathe. I had visions of myself as a Mediterranean splendor, golden brown, striding with laughing teeth into an aqua sea, carefree at last, the past discarded. But then I remembered I had no suntan lotion. Maximum protection. Without it, I'd burn and freckle. So I covered my shoulders and thighs with several of the landlord's skimpy bath towels. I hadn't brought a bathing suit. Bra and underpants would do, I thought, since the balcony was invisible from the road. I'd always been fond of balconies. I felt that if I could only manage to stand on one long enough, the right one, wearing a long, white, trailing gown, preferably during the first quarter of the moon, something would happen. Music would sound. A shape would appear below, sinuous and dark, and climb towards me, while I leaned fearfully, hopefully— gracefully against the wrought-iron railing and quivered. But this wasn't a very romantic balcony. It had a geometric railing like those on middle-income apartment buildings of the fifties, and the floor was poured concrete already beginning to erode. It wasn't the kind of balcony a man would stand under playing a lute and yearning or clamber up bearing a rose in his teeth or a stiletto in his sleeve. Besides, it was only five feet off the ground. Any mysterious visitor I might have would be more likely to approach by the rough path leading down to the house from the street above, feet crunching on the cinders, roses or knives in his head only. That, at any rate, would be Arthur's style, I thought. He'd rather crunch than climb. If only we could go back to the way it had once been, before he had changed. I pictured him coming to retrieve me, winding up the hill in a rented Fiat which would have something wrong with it. He would tell me about this defect later, after we'd thrown ourselves into each other's arms.